podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everyone, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. It's the podcast about Star Trek that seems to never end. Hi everyone, I'm Matt. I'm Andy. Oh, what an exciting time we have here today. It's it's I Borg, an episode that is so Borgy. It's, it's just filled with Borg from top to bottom. I mean, look, they it's say the Borgiest. They say he's a boy, but you know, we've seen boys before, and I think of boy, I think Alexander Roshenko. So I would like to say this 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 young Borg, thank God they didn't go super young and make uh, Alexander be the one to befriend him. <laughs> oh my goodness. Can you imagine if it was a child actor, how much that would undermine it? I do wonder, they had the uh they had those babies, the baby Borgs, yep. in the one episode. Adorable. I do wonder at what point the the Borgs are old enough that they're like, all right, you can send them on a mission. <laughs> or yeah. Like, it was just like, don't send the, the child Borg out there. It's going to make us look like assholes. <laughs> no one's going to be afraid of that. If a little Borg with a little lisp says resistance is futile, no one's ever going to take that seriously. We can't send a baby Borg out. Captain, we're being attacked by children Borg. <laughs> On screen. <laughs> With this is food aisle. Oh, they're just so cute. Beat them over. That's how they do it. Maybe Matt. baby Borgs are the most... <laughs> Borg babies. This is our This is our spinoff. Oh, gosh. You remember the Muppet babies. Now right remember after, Borg babies. Right after Lower Decks hits, we do Borg babies. <laughs> uh... Andy, I am going to answer the following question that literally everyone is waiting with bated breath for, probably. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Yeah, it's iBorg. It's pretty cool. Thanks. Nice. Um, <laughs> it's nice to... It really brings it all together. Well, it's also nice to have, a, uh, have an actual opinion and not have to be like, I don't know. What do you want to do? <laughs> I don't think you can ever say that. I don't think that's a legit answer. Well, it's like, that, uh, you know, we're doing on the Patreon when we're doing like Enterprise and Voyager. And it's like, ah, God, there's so many of these. And with Enterprise in particular and Discovery, actually, it's those two. With Discovery and Enterprise, because I'm also watching it along with everybody for the first time. Or yeah. not everybody, but like I'm watching it for the first time along with Andy. I don't have the breadth of knowledge of all of the episodes in my head and know what you can skip and what you can't oh, skip. Oh, that's what you were asking me the other day. I didn't quite process it. You were you were saying, I haven't seen these. Should I even do? Yeah. Would you have? Oh, no, we should drop that then. Well, that's all I'm saying. Oh, uh, it's like, wait, but you've already watched it at that point. Yes, I have. But it's like, yeah, I guess, the, to the, you know what? That's how I'll frame it on those Patreons. If you want to join yeah. the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Head over there. Listen to what the hell we're talking about. Enterprise, Voyager, Discovery, so much. I have to say, if you should watch an Enterprise, and I'm like, that's the first time I saw it, and I, I don't know. <laughs> Seems fine, but I hear it gets better and worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. I'm very impressed. 
I love that it's all. It really feels like a frontier. I didn't expect to. Yeah, based on all the rap. But you know, speaking of not frontiers, this is TNG, baby. This is where the big boys are. This is your That's Picards, right. your big Rikers, show. your Datas, your Geordies. Oh, it's a hoot! And before we get into talking about the episode, we've got some business to attend to. So let's head over to the Admirals Club. Matt, how do they get into the Admirals Club? Very carefully. <laughs> uh, no, all you have to do got is... Got a lot of shields, got a lot of traps in there. It's just, really not a club just, so much as a, an I escape room. just realized I'm wearing my open back headphones, so there probably was some bleed through on the microphone. But I'm going to swap headphones very quickly here. No need okay. to stop anything. While I'm doing that, I will explain that the easiest way to get into the Admirals Club, in fact, the only way is to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and uh, you can say whatever you want. As long as it's five stars, you will be admitted to the Admirals Club and perhaps be shouted out on this very show with your review being read. Andy, who are our Admirals Matt. this week? I'll tell you, Matt, our first Admiral is, uh, or Admirals Club admittee, is right, Scotty M. Watson. Uh, who writes us, I've been a listener slash fan of Matt and Andy since late 2017, all the way at the beginning. Uh, when a brief mention of this podcast on James Bonding mm-hmm. brought me here, and now I am a proud Lieutenant Circle member. God oh, bless nice. you, sir. What a delightful few years it's been seeing me through a divorce. And then he has parentheses, it gets better, Andy. Uh, <laughs> And more ups and downs than a turbo lift full of annoying child actors. As uh, an actor myself, I find myself out of work during this current pandemic for the foreseeable future. And one of the few silver linings to come out of all of uh, out of it all is the return of the weekly installments of the next conversation. Cheers, fellas! Uh, God bless you, uh, Lieutenant Watson. And um, on that note, um, it was it was both my birthday. This week, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and the cancellation of uh, of a show that I've been on for some time. <laughs> Actually, been in the Goldberg verse for seven years, and then this uh, last two I was on Schooled, and uh, due to them combining nights at ABC because of the situation, uh, combining comedy nights, uh, Schooled was uh, let go, and none of us expected it to. Too. So I had received both wonderful birthday wishes on a day <laughs> I usually struggle with quite a bit and uh, a lot of really nice uh, thoughts of uh, concern and warmth uh, regarding the cancellation of the show but um, like Lieutenant Watson here, uh, all of you are struggling through uh, probably way more than I am and uh, uh, Godspeed to all of you. May Andy, the wind be at your back. Yes. That's not all we have to tell them. What did I tell you when I found out you would have more time on your hands. Hmm. Are you talking about the show itself? I'm talking about this very show that we're recording right now. I said, you know what, Andy? We're going to make this work for as long as we can. None of these, uh, let's scale back on uh, how many weeks we're doing the show. Let's keep this shit rolling. It's, it was a really, it was a, it was an uncharacteristic 
stance. By no, it was by it was the true old me. Matt Myra. It's the true me. I'm a. <laughs> is it? it is. I, I mean, look, I'm a, As my wife always says, uh, I will uh, do anything uh, to make myself uncomfortable so that someone feels a little bit better. Uh, well, uh, that that may be true. Um, <laughs> I, I am usually in the same quarters as you. So. Yeah, but this does. Uh, but no, I'm happy. I, this I, I will say. I, one of my favorite things about this uh, quarantine situation here has been our yeah. ability to continue to do the podcast uh, via the internet, and our ability to uh, put it out weekly, and our extra ability to put out weekly extra pods over in Patreon. Not to mention, you got to admit, you and I have have texted about what we're watching. We've been enjoying what we're watching, mm-hmm. even if we don't enjoy it. We've been enjoying watching this much Trek. Um, it's been pretty yeah. fun. Uh, so there you go, guys. Um, so okay, uh, another admiral. Uh, this one from the UK, chairman of the bridge. Uh, it's doing a weird thing with my formatting here. Let me see if I can see it. Okay, Matt and Andy, uh, take us behind old blue eyes and give us the man behind the voice, the <laughs> truth behind the legend of the leader of the pack, Frank Sinatra. They also managed to squeeze in some Star Trek talk. <laughs> it's, a, it's accurate. Look, we do squeeze in some Star Trek between Frank Sinatra uh, time machine updates. Uh, yeah. uh, that one was from Bill Frank Murray Sinatra, Ford. come on. Da, da, da. It's not it's time, time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> not time yet, but I just felt like I'd play Frank Sinatra. You're, That's right. You're, you're jumping the gun. You're pushing Sorry, Frank I just felt like uh, Frank and I wanted to play some Frank. Frank doesn't even have his pants on. He's in, he's in backstage. <laughs> Frank's, you know honestly, I mean? let's guess what's happening. I'm going to guess before we get to that. I'm going to just say right now, everyone, continue to listen and see if I'm right. Frank yeah. uh, is coming off of a performance at the Blah Blah Arena and has returned to his Palm Springs home. <laughs> uh, to be more specific than that, if you're going to make a guess, I would oh, love to uh, know. That's true. That's true. Um, you're Mr. Vegas. Where is he going to be? <laughs> oh, I think he'll be uh, swinging through Indianapolis, Indiana. <laughs> oh, there you go. All right. Um, that should be a whole other segment. Matt guesses what Frank's up to. <laughs> um and the last uh, Admiral Admitty is Jay. Oh, the previous one was Bill Murray's beard, FYI. Um, and uh, this one is uh, Jay Ackerman Yost, who writes us Mysterious Time Eater. There are objectively superior podcasts piling up in my podcatcher, True. languishing without attention. <laughs> but I remain fully caught up with these, uh, these two for some unknowable reason. Mysteries of the Universe. Well, Thank I you, appreciate sir. that you're 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 sitting through us. Thank you. Uh, um, that do it for the Admirals Club, Andy. That's it for the Admirals Club, buddy. All right. And that was the Admirals Club. Let's head over to the President's Circle. The United Federation of Planets. Oh, Andy, it's the President's Circle. How do you get in here? Well, I'll tell you, folks. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC and become a uh, patron of this show. Uh, helps us continue to make the show and helps keep Andy from uh, finding himself with literally nothing to do. Uh, so Thank all God. you got to do. Head over I there. Can't Join just, the president. I can't circle. just face myself, guys. No, he That's can't. Bad news. Uh, I think that uh, not only is Hugh lo- lonely, uh, but Andy is lonely sometimes too. I think so Hugh true. needs a girlfriend. 
Although, <laughs> um, I would 100% listen to a Hugh podcast. Oh, for sure. Uh, but so, I, want, I don't want the updated Hugh. I want old school, yeah. just learned how to be an individual Hugh. Um, I think that uh, I've said what I've said. Okay, so uh, in this here President's Circle, we like to hand out awards. The President's Circle Award is the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Uh, and it is awarded to uh, select uh, presidents uh, for this week. Andy, who are recipients of the Medal of Valor? Uh, I'll tell you, Matt. Uh, just just before I get to that, just uh, FYI, uh, I've updated. <laughs> got a little more time on my hands. I updated on our Patreon page, which if you would like to join is patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Um, vicious amount rewards. of plugging we're doing. <laughs> I know. I guess I'm just. I just wanna. I just wanna get this off my plate because I won't remember oh, it no, ever Andy, again. You're choppy. Yeah, you're choppy. I can't hear anything you're saying, and your video is frozen. Oh, oh no! I see you moving again. I see you moving again. Okay. Can Continue. you see me? I'm moving. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Uh, basically, I, wish, I updated. I wish you were winded from that. Andy moved gently side to side. <laughs> Honestly, I desperately got to figure out how to get some cardio that's not going to annoy me because oh I would have bought a rowing machine. And the rowing machines are all sold out that I wanted, so uh, now I don't know what to do. Have you thought about filling up the tires on that sweet bike we purchased? That really is true. I haven't used that for a while. Should we put on our masks and go on little bike rides? I've thought about it, um, and I would be happy to uh, join you on an evening bike ride. All right. Guys, um, if you live in the L.A. area and you see two people riding bikes that you're like, those people don't know what they're doing, it's probably us. Go ahead and honk. <laughs> Especially me. It was, it was a hilarious day when we bought the bikes and Matt had to kind of teach me how to ride a bike. <laughs> he picked um, it back up. It was I had I had only had one of those little dirt bikes that, that, that don't have that, that hand BMX brakes. BMX bike, everybody. BMX. Um... Now, okay. President Circle, Christopher Pike. Oh, so, uh, so, oh, so here's how it breaks down. Just FYI, people were asking. Um, uh, first off, you get, obviously, access to uh, Priority One messages, which I'm going to look at first. Um, and then uh, in terms of the content, right now, uh, it might shift a little bit, but right now, week one for lieutenants, we're doing uh, Star Trek Discovery. Uh, week three, we're doing Star Trek Enterprise. When we run out of Enterprises, we're, there, we've been talk. We can discuss it. We think we're going to fill in the Discovery slot with an, with an extra Enterprise. So many weeks from so many months. I don't know if it's that many. Oh, so I thought you said you said two. when we run out of Enterprise. Oh no, sorry. I, when I we run out of Discovery, I meant gotcha. we will fill it with Enterprise. Uh, don't worry, we'll be filling your holes. If you join President Circle. Uh, you get uh, two additional bonus podcasts, uh, many of which are an hour and a half to three hours long, which is uh, week hours. two. Oh. You get Marveling with Matt and Andy, which is our breakdown film by film of the MCU canon. And in week four, you get Star Trek Voyager, uh, which we're going through episode by episode. So there you go. That's what's in there. It's on the Patreon if you want to check it out. Let's hear from the presidents. Well, who's getting the Medal of Valor, Andy? I'll tell you, buddy. Lieutenant Braden. Cadinelli mm-hmm. uh, writes us, Hi, Matt and Andy. When the buffet returns, I think there should be some Andy-made pizza available to all. A lot of people, by the way, wrote me with their uh, with their pizza suggestions for recipes or uh, videos uh, on the fa- their favorite ones, which nice. I really appreciate. Or tips. I'm open to tips. Um, 
Anyway, uh, if you're experimenting with pizza, Andy, the most important factor is heat. How hot the oven is and how the heat is transferred to the pizza. On, enter- on the Enterprise, you might need to have some admirals line up with Klingon paint sticks and jab <laughs> the pizza until it is properly done for all to enjoy. That or throw it in the warp core for 47 seconds. And our second, second Christopher Pike Medal of Valor awardee is Lieutenant David Kay, who writes us, Hey, Matt and Andy, while I grew up watching TNG and have a low-level love for all the episodes, no matter how bad adult me recognizes them to be, I always understood this episode. He's talking about Imaginary Friend, our last episode, which was uh, a lot of comments <laughs> about how much people hated it, um, uh, which uh, we didn't really disagree with. But anyway, uh, David K. writes us, I always understood this episode to be about uh, how, from the point of view of a child, parents are mean, restrictive, and always trying to stop you from having fun. But for uh, that, from the point of view of an adult, most of what they do makes sense and are for a good reason. It was this realization that at a rather young age um, that it made me realize that my parents were just people trying, sometimes failing, to do what was best for me, despite none of what they do making sense to me as a child. While I don't re-watch this episode these days, as I'm about to turn 30, I feel like it had a really strong impression on me when I was young and helped me shape who I would become as an adult like much of TNG and DS9. So I thought that was interesting. That is a child's perspective, which we did not have. Um, And now, still in the president's circle, let us open up the Priority One messages, which are lieutenants or presidents... Uh, that are still get Look, if you uh, preferential hail us, This treatment. is the place to hail us. And uh, if you're in the Patreon, you get first come, first serve on the hails, and that is a priority one message. I'm going to play that one more time, just because I didn't hear it on my other sound channel. <laughs> priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Oh, yeah, which is actually part of this. Captain, we are being hailed. hailed. All right, Andy, who's the first priority one message from? Lieutenant Cam writes us, accidentally uh, sent this as a DM because I apparently learned how computers work from packlets. Uh, I was uh, surprised Andy didn't have uh, a Secundus claim to fame for the girl playing Isabella, not Annabelle. I apparently said uh, Annabelle. Uh, several times uh, in the episode. So my apologies to everyone. Uh, for it is Shay Astor, uh, who has had TV roles for a long time, and most, including most notably uh, the third rock from the sun. She has such a distinctive face, I felt sure for sure Andy would know her from something big. I never really watched Third Rock from the Sun. Uh, oh, that was a great sitcom. I saw a couple of episodes. What a fucking premise. And the fact that they got that on the air and it lasted that many years and John Lithgow just kept collecting uh, Emmys. That is crazy. It's amazing. Amazing. Lieutenant, Lieutenant Kelly Coe writes us, Guys, I have to admit that I was so super disappointed when I learned that Matt made a soundboard for the sound effects for the show. I don't really want the laughs over technology to stop. The flubbing through the Zoom audio was delightful. I'm so relieved. <laughs> uh... Oh, there was fl- a lot of flubbing I was doing? Uh, I think there's just general, you know. The, well, look, the, I'm never going to get it right. The soundboard the, is a giant. Like, if I were to show Andy, actually, I could show Andy a picture of that at some point, And he'd oh, be I'm like, excited. oh, my God, that's insane. I like um, to imagine you at a real giant soundboard with dials and everything. <laughs> it feels like it sometimes. Lieutenant uh, Jeff 
Mullins, Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins, yes. uh, writes us. Oh, this is the uh, the sound cue that is the the full sentence. Lieutenant, I can say what, what it is, weird, but it'll blow the here joke. It is. Ready? Okay. It's I the variation. So it's Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins writes us, I'm no nacho, but this might make you laugh or groan. It made me hungry. And then his uh, follow-up unrelated is uh, FWIW. What's that acronym? For what it's worth. Thank you. I'm with you. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. You're continuing. I didn't realize. Go ahead. I'm with you 100% on the perfect mate. I'd seen the episode several times before this week, but this time it really got to me. Uh, I'll elaborate in the... Oh, he's elaborating the Patreon thread, and I didn't move it. Anyway, sorry, Jeff. Here's your sound cue. Andy needs a sandwich and a pizza and some ice cream and some donuts and a good pizza to cover up the bad pizza and some tacos and a burger and some french fries and a milkshake and some cookies and some onion rings I think that that's terrific. I've seen Andy literally consume each of the items he's mentioned. Without question. Oh, yeah, Um, for sure. And many of those in the same sitting. So that is uh, more apt than you know. That's delightful. Thank you, um, Lieutenant Commander. And I think Lieutenant Commander Brisk uh, made us just the most amazing image of a comic book uh, of us... Uh, I can't, are we fighting over a pizza or are we fighting for a pizza? Well, I think we're protecting the pizza at all costs. <laughs> we're protecting the pizza. It's both. Of, it's just the most incredible thing I've ever seen, um, um, which both of us agreed we might uh, get a print and hang in our homes. Um, so uh, I'll put that on the uh, on the Instagram today. Yeah, uh, if you ever so wanted to see what out. Andy and I would look like in one of those old uh, Star Trek comics from the late 80s, this is just beautifully done by Paul Brisk. So thank you, Paul Brisk. Uh, um, who's next, okay. Andy? Uh, Lieutenant the Great and Terrible Lizak writes us, I hate to be the one defending Alexander uh, because he is the worst, uh, but when I was his age, I only had ceramics class once a week for 45 minutes. Taking time out for cleanup and endless repetition of rules of how to be big kids and not throw the clay at each other, not to mention planning out what the perfect cup should look like. It could absolutely take two weeks uh, to make something that unimpressive. (laughs) (laughs) That's in response to our saying, come on, Alexander. I love (laughs) that you've defended Alexander (laughs) and his ceramics ability. Thank you so much. It really adds up. Lieutenant Teddy Jordan writes us, hey, had an idea about why Isabella showed herself to Clara instead of just observing. I think... She wanted to interact with uh, humans, but she knew that adults would immediately recognize she didn't belong and sound the alert. Clara was the only person on the Enterprise she could just appear to who would accept it. Clara's like, oh, this makes total sense. Nothing to mention here. Though I still think it makes no sense that the alien... uh, no sense the alien is that dense as to why Clara's activities are restricted so much that its solution is to murder everyone on board. It's really <laughs> weird. Points. Very strange that they... I mean, look, you're already... You, that doesn't make any sense. Because if she understands that the only person that would accept her is 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 uh, Isabella... No, wait, is Clara. Then she understands the hierarchy of adult and child. So this shouldn't confuse her. I 100% agree. Thank Matt. you. Let's go and do a rewrite. Okay, we'll be right back, guys. 
<laughs> okay, we're back. That was a terrible mistake. <laughs> we spent uh, several seven, months on that. Seven weeks, actually. It was awful. <laughs> we vote, we pre-recorded all the ones you've heard up till now. Um, all right, that's it for the president circle, my friend. All right. Let's Here move over go. to the hails. Captain, incoming message. Incoming message. All right. Side note: um, there was um, there was a post uh, by uh, on Twitter by at Art of Trek, which is pretty good. Um, a pretty good feed uh, asking for Star Trek podcasts, and uh, uh, a, a few of our fans noted that after a good 80 posts no one mentioned us probably with good reason but i thought it would be funny uh i'm gonna retweet uh brand man f's tweet and i thought it'd be funny if uh everybody went to that post and liked it to push the algorithm to make it the number one post or you know post whatever you want <laughs> take that better star trek podcasts i love it there were 80 different po- like star trek podcasts is that like legit like that's how many other podcasts there were Oh, there are. I think there are more than that at this point. Somebody had sent me a listing of uh, of a listing of the top sixty <laughs> Star Trek podcasts. Not sixty Star Trek podcasts. The top sixty, and actually, oh we God. ranked better in that one. Oh, God. Um, yeah, there are a lot, buddy. <laughs> Look, hey, you know what? <laughs> a lot there's of choices. A, there's room for all of us. And so, you know what? God bless you guys for choosing our trash fire. <laughs> um, okay. In the hails, uh, Jeremy Buell writes us, Hello, Andy and Matt. longtime listener, first-time emailer. Just finished listening to Imaginary Friend, and what a doozy it is. Uh, I know that midway through the episode, Matt questions why our little friend, who looks like a cheap knockoff from the twins from The Shining, would suddenly let the ship return back uh, its normal speed. While I think... Uh, poorly linked within the episode I do think there is actually a logical reason for this at the end of the episode Isabella says that the other entities like her are coming to consume the energy from the the Enterprise midway through the episode the Enterprise is not far enough into the nebula for the creatures to stop it from escaping the Enterprise still nearly escapes after having traveled so far in so if the gradual decrease uh, in speed continues Captain Picard would opt to take the ship out and deprive the entities of their high quality supper. So Isabella allows the ship Isabella allows the ship to continue further in, thus ensnaring it further. Love the show, gentlemen. Even though COVID-19 sucks, it's been it's nice it's been nice to hear more of your episodes on TNG. Live long and prosper. Jeremy Buell like Ferris Bueller, minus the ER. Uh, minus the ER. Not ER. You. I, I mispronounced the ER. <laughs> you gave me the pronunciation, and I said ER instead of ER. Uh, next, John Jonah Neiman. Did the best I could, Gene Jonah. Dear Matt, Andy and Matt, I'm sure I'm not the only person to ask basically this question. You've touched on it to some extent, but I wanted more thoughts from the industry pros. What is with season's fascination with and overemphasis on children both halves of redemption disaster the game new ground hero worship the first duty cost of living and now imaginary friend all deal with kids in the a or b plot and often to the detriment of this of season of the season which includes some of the best episodes of tng ever why do you think this is did they feel the show was lacking something after wesley left if so what is there some sort of real world reason i'm not aware of like certain members of the bridge crew having other commitments just thought I'd ask my two favorite fans for their views on this, whether it's a net positive for the show and whether they uh, find 
the focus on children to be as weird as it is to me. Love the pod. Looking forward to more of a great show about a great show. Regards, well, I, JJP Neiman. If I had to guess, I I don't know that it, I don't know if it was a conscious decision. I think it might have just accidentally happened. Sometimes you know it you're is breaking, weird though because as we season. know, yeah. I was saying that was what I was going to say. Break a season and it's just like, oh, we got a lot of episodes that are this. So it sometimes just happens accidentally. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, maybe they did make a conscious effort of like, you know, we lost our, you know, way in for kids. (laughs) Yeah. Which would be Wesley. So, you know, we know kids watch the show. Let's make something. Let's make a few episodes that are sort of appealing to them. I, I mean, I assume so. It's just the thing about the the when you when you lay, when you break a season, you have a board, which is why we're often confused. Like, why did they do that episode and then one that's almost exactly like it right after it? Sometimes also the air the air dates are shifted, but yeah, it's very strange that they would have been breaking all the stories and just like, well, I got another one about a kid. You know, off of that pitch, how about the Alexander does this? <laughs> Oh, I love it. Well, what if there's a kid we've never met before and uh-huh. uh, their parents have, have died and they've been killed in some other mission. Sure, sure. And then we're just following that kid through his day. Oh, that sounds exciting. People like kids, right? Let's do it. Yeah. What if Troy adopts a kid? Oh, I love it. Let's have it happen. Uh, uh, so I guess the real answer is we have no idea. Uh, and we've also noticed this as well. Um, from our good friend Scooby Doom... Uh, who does the uh, Nerd Blitz podcast. Check it out. Uh, I was a guest on it at some point. Uh, hey, Andy and Matt. As Matt Sorta requested at the end of our Imaginary Friend, I did the math on the hours of free content. On the non-Picard apps, you have uh, 12,083 minutes, which equals uh, 201.383 0.383 hours on the Picard Eps you have 1,193 minutes of content um, which works out to 19.893 hours but all combined you have a grand total of 13,276 minutes or 221.2666 hours of free oh, 666 appropriate for this of amount course. of free content of free content hope that helps Thanks for the hours of free pods and bring back Phoebe, he says. Uh, I would love to bring back Phoebe. And as we're discussing right now, uh, that is so many hours. But how many days is that, Andy? Um, I, I, do you want me to figure it out? No, right I now? got it. I'll figure it out while okay. you're doing it. Tell me well, the by the again. way, while you're figuring that out, is 221.26 uh, hours. Um, beyond that, uh, someone had pointed out to us and of course now I, you'll have to <laughs> you, you'll have to hail me hit and play, i'll tell you later hit play on our podcast and you will sit 9.21 continuous days of your life listening to this that is crackers <laughs> oh my god that's insane what are we doing <laughs> well, also um, I, I like that our picard breakdown was double the length of picard actually airing yeah. Because it was 10 episodes, eh, roughly an hour each, a lot of times much less than an hour, and here we are with 19 and a half hours of content. I wonder if we lost real fans of the podcast who liked the TNG covering when we 
put out Picard because we were so we were so sour about it. <laughs> I wonder if that had happened. No, I don't um, think we did. I think they all came back. No, that's a it's un, again uncharacteristically uncharacteristically optimistic. Uh, side note: I don't remember who said it. I apologize. Might have been Jeff Mullins. Um, tell me who it was, and I'll and I'll give credit you next week. Somebody figured out that we have over a hundred hours of uh, content already in the uh, in the Patreon. Oh um, okay, Zach. <laughs> that's, oh, this is that's a, half of the show's run. I know. So there's another four and a half days of content in the Patreon. Get over there, guys. Enjoy yourselves. Have fun. Uh, All right. Hit the Prime Corrective, my friend. Oh, happy to do it. And by do it, I mean find that exact thing because I built the soundboard. Yes. Zach right. Fortney writes us, this has been said before, greetings gentlemen, the Christopher Pike medals, Christopher Pike's Medal of Valor for the episode Imaginary Friend was bestowed upon the intrepid and charismatic Veronica Wisely, who signed off by wishing that at least one of our hosts live long and prosper. Matt took exception to being excluded and Andy immediately corrected him. Uh, here we can see where the fault truly lies. This is going to be the other sound cues I sent you. There should be a one and a two. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it here Matt, go. Ready? Andy, or Veronica's lapse of attention, Zach in Arizona? Live <laughs> long and prosper, Andy. Uh, Live long and prosper to you. Uh, I guess I'll Jane just Way. die here. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you're correct to address that to Andy. He is... The ship's communications officer, I guess. <laughs> what do you mean? You'll guess you just died. It says live long, prosper, Matt and Andy. Oh, I only heard Andy. <laughs> <laughs> you took a shot at her, and she was being nice to both of us. Well, uh, I did say she was right to only say it to you. And then All play right. the second one to reveal the truth. <laughs> let's, let's hear the truth, shall we? Live long and prosper, Andy. Live long and prosper, Andy. <laughs> Live long and prosper, Andy. 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 My <laughs> crime has been revealed to the general populace. Oh, I'm like, Andy. I knew I'm it. Like, I, was, I thought I had heard only Andy. I'm like whatever Paris's name was in that episode, getting drummed out of Starfleet <laughs> with the evidence <laughs> shamed, shaming me right in front of my eyes. Um, you that gotta is stop uh, leading Red Squad down this path, Andy. Whatever. I was I was trying to be a legend. You guys uh. blew it for me. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to send us a hail, you can either join the Patreon and get one in the uh, Priority One messages, or you can write for free. Sttncpod at gmail dot com. Uh, Matt Myra is at Matt Myra on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Andrew Secunda on Instagram and at Secunda on Twitter. Uh, if you want to send a vo- us a voice hail, it's 816-TREK-TNC, and that is it for the hails. Uh, let's close those hails. Andy, I have one more sound clip I didn't play. You said it was going to be in here. Oh. Mm, There's a whoops. I forget? Oh. Uh, I think. I think. Let me see. Where is that? You know what? I know what it is. I'm going to move that to next month. You know who you are if you <laughs> sent that. Um, yeah, all right. Or I can I can look it up if you want me if you want me to. It'll just take a second if you want to vamp. <laughs> uh, no, that's okay. We can do it next okay. week. All right. 
Andy, let's uh, let's head over to the uh, good old fashioned uh, YouTube, and you can tell us yeah. who was number one in the country. I already know. Still at number one. Yep, by Chris Cross in the UK. Please don't go by KWS. Matt and I listened to before the show, and we were both like, "What's going on over there in the UK?" <laughs> um, the number one movie was Basic Instinct. And the number one book, The Pelican Brief by John Grisham, Time Magazine cover, picture of the L.A. riots with, quote, can we all get along? Death that week, Robert Reed from The Brady Bunch, Lyle Alzado, NFL star, and Lawrence Welch. Wow. I wonder if uh, Frank Sinatra had any Lawrence Welch action. I bet he did. There's only one way to find out. Oh, boy. And it's not this way, but we're going to do it anyway. No. Here we go. It's time for everyone's favorite segment. Frank Sinatra, cool. come on. Da, 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 da. It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> time for Frank Sinatra, come on. Oh, here we go, Andy. What was going on in the life of the chairman of the board while this episode was airing? Frank was on his way out to California to moon, for a three-night run at the Circle Star Theater in San Carlos. This venue oh. stuck. Let me yes. see what spring yeah, <laughs> is like on. Although it As certainly sounded like something Frank would have done, what you mentioned. In uh, other words, this venue stuck on an industrial section of Highway 101 between San Francisco and Silicon Valley, in but other ridiculously words, big names for its small size. Baby, kiss small. Oh, here we go. It's, it featured a rotating stage in the center of seats. No audience member was more than 30 rows back from the stage, offering an intimate view of performers usually found you in large stadiums and concert halls. You know what the sad thing is? I, I immediately thought, Matt, we got a big crowd who's, who's appearing there and go see something in there. Words, Look at that intimacy. And, uh, that will not be happening for another two years. Look at it. In other words... Well, thanks, Frank. I'm glad you're back up and at him over at the uh, weird theater between San Francisco and Los Angeles. Oh, it sounds like you imagine seeing Frank in a, in a tight little space like that? Oh, what a dream. Uh, if you're into that kind of thing. You know. Who's your number one, no longer living... Yeah. ...performer you would like to see perform? Uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Huh, yeah. What? I mean, you asked. I answered. You're not probably not I happy wasn't, with it. I didn't dispute it. I, I mean, was just saying, ah, interesting. You for it? Uh, I, no, I believe you've mentioned Stevie Ray Vaughan before. Uh, the Beatles, though, I, I wouldn't like to see the Beatles because I think they the concerts probably weren't great because everyone was screaming and they were mostly out of tune. Well, I saw Paul McCartney at, uh, at Dodger, Dodger Stadium. Stadium. Yep. I got to say, it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Ringo came out at the end. Yeah. The crowd went nuts. Oh, God. It, I think I, te- I teared up. 
just so amazing. So why, why uh, wouldn't you? It's half the Beatles. So I guess if it was an intimate space, then yeah, you're right. There'd be a lot of screaming. It'd be hard to hear. But still. Come on, the Beatles. <laughs> the Beatles, come on. <laughs> oh, no. We can't do another segment of what's happening with the Beatles. Uh, all right. So, everybody, it's iBorg. It uh, is uh, season five, episode, uh, oof, what is this, 20-something? Hard to say at this point. 23. Uh, all right. Here we go. This is from uh, the Star Trek Next Generation Companion Revised Edition. While surveying a cluster of systems for colonization, the Enterprise traces a distress signal to a small world where they find crash debris and one survivor, a young Borg. Fighting his impulse to let it die, Picard accedes to Dr. Crusher's humanitarian desire to care for the Borg. The rest of the crew is skeptical, especially Guinan, who points out that others of his kind will follow and learn of their presence if they take the young Borg aboard. But... Cut off from the race's collective consciousness and influenced by the crew who help him survive and heal, the Borg known as Third of Five becomes more and more of an individual. He eventually acquires the name Hugh and starts to refer to himself as I instead of we. His evolution affects others who had always viewed the Borg as an intractable, unrelenting foe. When even Guinan is thrown into doubt, Picard decides to visit Hugh himself, assuming the role of Locutus. The captain is shocked to hear Hugh plead with him not to assimilate his friends like Geordi. The captain calls off a plan to plant a virus in Hugh to disable his race, figuring that the concept of the individual could be just as effective. Hugh himself opts to return to the crash site, and his newfound friend LaForge goes with him. Well, will Hugh's memory, uh, new memory and sense of self remain intact? Question mark. Hugh returns to his stoic Borg demeanor when others of his race arrive, but the glance he shoots at Geordi at beam up uh, is telling him he'll remember. Done. Okay. You did it. There you we go. You did it, buddy. That is, it's, it's, it's felt a little wearying, this part of the show today. I think I might have overloaded the, uh, the hails. Uh, you know, it was not that much longer. But than they long. had to be heard. That's okay. I like hails uh, when there's enough of them. This wasn't well, any longer than, it wasn't any longer than normal. No, I guess not. Let's uh, well, hop in, shall we? The Enterprise is charting six star systems that make up the Argolis cluster, an area being considered for colonization. Very impressive. It's- How weird is it that Troy only has this scene and a half? It's a kind of a big scene and a half, but yes, I agree. Uh, I, I, I mean, it's like, also, why is she, she, like, right here when she says it's beautiful, and then she gets a look from them, and, oh, also horrible, yeah. Beautiful. But frightening at the same time. Captain. Yeah. I'm detecting a transmission emanating from within the system. What sort of signal? It is self-repeating, of unknown pattern. Where is it coming from? A small moon orbiting the fourth planet. Life signs? Indeterminate. I'm attempting to screen out sensor interference. Readings are still inconclusive. However, the moon's atmosphere is capable of supporting life. It could be a distress call. Helm, take us into transport range. Dr. Crusher, meet me in transporter room two with a medical away team. Acknowledged. And, and then, you know, it's pretty clear that only Crusher shows up. <laughs> Uh, if I were a record, I'd be like, um, I said an away team. What is this? Why are you the only one oh, here? Oh, <laughs> really good point. Yeah. 
Nirsagawa is still on her date. I'm reading one life form, very weak signs. It's also, I'd like to say that that all happens in two minutes. Really? This is one of the best episodes, uh, best written episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation I've I've ever seen. I mean, it's just so tight. Everything everything moves from one step to the next. And it's, it's all dramatic scenes nonetheless. Like, a lot of times there's a question of, well, there's... These are dramatic scenes that are slow because they're not really moving the plot forward. Every single thing moves the plot forward emotionally. It's really amazing. Uh, yeah, it's also interesting. You don't really realize that Picard doesn't uh, see the Borg until he's like, no, I haven't been down there. Well, that's the other thing. What a fucking... <laughs> what? I, I was thinking two things at the top. First, I don't know why this never occurred to me. Him rattling off the star date. This guy's in a sci-fi show. Sci-fi in the 90s could have easily been one of a million cheesy things. And he plays it so authentically and real and, and, and with control. And uh, to that note, uh, all that is played on his face that it's the Borg and, mm-hmm. and his history and everything. And it's just so rich. It's one shot of him. Yeah, it's really an uh, excellent performance all around here. Let's uh, really amazing. Uh, Enterprise. Go ahead, number one. We found the wreckage of a small craft. One survivor. It's a Borg, male, adolescent. He's badly hurt. Sir, there is no indication of other Borg activity within sensor range. Away team, prepare to return to the ship. Captain, we can't leave him here. He won't survive. I think the captain understands that. I don't. The Borg usually collect their dead. He's not dead. The transmission... not yet. The transmission that we intercepted was probably a homing signal. We have to assume they're on their way. Let me at least stabilize his condition. Give him a chance of surviving until they get here. Your concern is noted, Doctor. But any intervention on our part would alert the Borg to our having been there. I'm afraid we've turned that corner already. Kill it now. Make it appear that it died in the crash. Leave no evidence that we were ever here. Security measures must be taken before we beam it on board. Thank you, Captain. Standing by. Mr. Data, notify... <laughs> he's, he's like, I finally uh, want to say, yes, Worf, that's correct. Let's do that, but... Uh, so, in stupid that moment, morals. Is, is there any part of him that's more like, well, we got to sweep him up and take him on board because the evidence is here is you know where we would be leaving evidence that we were here if we were uh, in there or do you think it's just purely no the i think it feels all like obligations to um morality, morality. yeah what have you ever seen an opening where everyone's perspective is clear everyone has a legitimate perspective the drama is high the 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 concept is great it's just so superior. It's really, it, it's terrific. So, bridge to engineering. The forge here. We're bringing a Borg survivor on board. We'll need to neutralize the homing signal. Prevent it from sending or receiving transmissions of any kind. I'll set up a subspace damping field around the detention cell. Very well.
get that one Borg that has his brain out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then really, uh, he's had a hard time, that guy. And then what? Uh, this this. What do you think of this data look here to Troy? I I was wondering about it. It kind of it kind of struck me almost like he's like like Picard walks out and he was looking. He's like. Yeah, isn't this your thing? Aren't you going to do your thing? <laughs> what you What's need going on? To you there. Seems like uh, I mean I I don't even have any uh, any any abilities, and I can sense that something's going on with this guy. <laughs> hey, empath, how about getting on the stick? <laughs> I'm hitting my buttons. You hit yours. <laughs> And then Picard's like, Picard sits down and he just pulls up this Come. spinning deck. I'm looking at the ship, you see. I'm just seeing it, making sure that the ship is, <laughs> looks Captain, the same. Captain, I was wondering I'm if very busy. Got to make sure the ship about. is there. I don't oh, there it is. I can't talk, Ausla. I'm busy looking at the ship. Talk, Ausla. <laughs> Ah, oh, yes, yes, yes. That's what it looks like if we turn left. This is uh, a green version of the ship. If the ship was green, I had to make sure what it looks like in green. I'm quite recovered from my experience. Thank you. Sometimes, even when a victim has dealt with his assault, there are residual effects of the event that linger. You were treated violently by the Borg. Kidnapped, assaulted, mutilated. Counselor. Counselor, I very much appreciate your concern for me, but I can assure you it is quite misplaced. I could rattle off more things the they did, though. Of having a Borg on this ship. <laughs> I have weighed the possible risks. And I'm convinced that we are doing the right thing. Now, I am quite comfortable with my decision. I see. Well, if at any point you want to talk more... I shall certainly avail myself of your help. Now I must get back to the ship. Look at it spinning now. Now it's on its belly. Now it's right side up. I wonder if the subtext of this scene is... Look, you don't know what I'm feeling, clearly. Why don't we just not pretend? <laughs> um, let's call a spade and a spade, and, and <laughs> let's understand that you uh, do not know anything about anyone's feelings. <laughs> um, here's my question in this scene. Yes. I think I, I, think I, Which scene? I, know, what, I know what was intended. That, that prior scene. Yeah. Um, I assumed, initially, that Troy was coming in out of concern for him. But mm-hmm. she hammers him kind of hard... And then later, the only thing she does say is, uh, in the conference room, she's definitively against protecting the Borg or doing anything with the Borg in any way. So, is she kind of not saying, hey, I'm concerned about you being upset bringing the Borg on board, but instead going, that's a weird decision you're making to bring this Borg on board and save him. Mm. Like, is she making a non-humane choice? Because that's her perspective I, in the later scene. I think scene. you're reading more subtext into it than was intended. And I certainly can see where that where you're coming from there. I that's agree with you. I think that's that I am. It just does conflict with her later perspective. Um, but, but it doesn't if you say that that was her intention. You know what I mean? Well, because she does come at him strong and hammers him about all the mean things they did. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Oh, maybe I should look it up in the script. Um. Uh. Yeah. It, it is very. If that is the case, well, I, I I assume we're, that what you're saying is also right. That it, that wasn't the case. But if that was the case, 
It's frankly, it's odd even in the later scene that that she would take that kind of perspective. Well, I think it's I would think she would be kind of be on more on Beverly's side. No, I think it's important that everybody in that scene be on the same page except for Beverly. Uh huh. Because I so think if it's a united front against Beverly, that tells the audience at home, like, well, everybody, here's what should be the right thing to do, and. We're going to ask that moral question throughout the episode. Here we go. Implants. They contain relatively straightforward programming, interface protocols. We have but Picard does pretty much come here, like, with his fucking plan to destroy the Borg. Say like, again? He, he, Picard walks in with his fucking plan. Right. Like, he comes in. Captain. Hot. The Borg is still unconscious. He suffered massive internal injuries. We've been able to control the hemorrhaging, but some of the implants in his brain were damaged. I may have to remove them. The Borg will die if they're removed permanently. Their brains grow dependent on the biochips. Perhaps Geordi can construct some new implants. They contain relatively straightforward programming, interface protocols. We have the files we downloaded after your experience, Captain. I think I can manage it. Miss LaForge. Do you know enough about Borg programming to alter the pathways to their root command structure? I'm not sure, sir. Subroutines are pretty complicated. I'd probably have to study the data processing algorithms. It's the only way I could trace the access codes. If we can get to the root command, we can introduce an invasive programming sequence through its biochip system and then return it to the hive. The Borg is so interconnected it would act like a virus. Which would infect the entire collective. We could disable their neural network at a stroke. Program them to act like chickens. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just have a. I think it would be very funny. <laughs> All right, forget about the chickens part. What about the rest of it? Infected. Make it sound as if it's a disease. Quite right, Doctor. If all goes well, the terminal one. also have the chickens put on silly little hats um so here we are it's like picard in full revenge mode slash prevention mode it's really interesting color on him i it's just so great this is what a tv show should be we know the characters we the actors can handle it and then you you do something that's a that's revealing something else about their character that's completely organic to what we've seen before. It's just so impressive. Um, and um, a side note, uh, I looked up in the script, and uh, there's really it's there's nothing in the action lines that uh, that conflict with what you were saying. You thought it was uh, other than it's it's funny to see. Uh, I don't think so, Counselor. A brief pause as he continues to fiddle with his monitor is <laughs> in there. And Troy understands this man well, how difficult it is for him to acknowledge weakness. So clearly it implies that she's in there to help him. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this is the scene we were just discussing around the conference room. And here we go. What exactly is total systems failure? The Borg are extremely computer dependent. A system's failure will destroy them. I just think we should be clear about that. We're talking about annihilating an entire race. Which under most circumstances would be unconscionable. But as I see it, the Borg leave us with little choice. I agree. We're at war. There's been no formal declaration of war. Not from us, but certainly from them. 
they've attacked us at every encounter. They've declared war on our way of life. We are to be assimilated. But even in war, there are rules. You don't kill civilians indiscriminately. There are no civilians among the Borg. Think of them as a single collective being. There's no one Borg who is more an individual than your arm or your leg. How convenient. Your point, Doctor. When I look at my patient, I don't see a collective consciousness. I don't see a hive. I see a living, breathing boy who has been hurt and who needs our help. And we're talking about sending him back to his people as an instrument of destruction. It comes down to this. We're faced with an enemy who are determined to destroy us, and we have no hope of negotiating a peace. Unless that changes, we are justified in doing anything we can to survive. Security to Captain. Uh, you know, I Scott like here. So much. That line right there. Unless that changes. So, you know, he's set forth on this path, provided everything stays as it is. But it is a thing that's come up also in Discovery, it's a recurring issue in Star Trek. Basically, when you're facing an intractable situation, then is it just like, yeah, we have to destroy them? And it's really fascinating. Um, I will say, is it... It seems it struck me as odd that Picard's allowed to make this a decision this global without contacting Starfleet. Like, he's talking about genocide, basically. Um, I would have liked... Here's the thing. Here's why that I'm get. Here's my guess as to why that scene didn't take place, like him contacting some admiral. Yeah, that then opens up the can of worms of the repercussions of his ultimate decision not to do it. What do you mean? Because if he does, he if he talks to Starfleet, Starfleet says this is an excellent plan. Proceed, Captain Picard. If he then doesn't do it he then has to you have to then deal with the fact that he disobeyed orders disobeyed orders changed his plan without contacting starfleet then you have like this whole other scene you'd have to do where he tells starfleet that you know you'd have a double scene there where instead of just picard being the authority for uh, for sure it's 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 not the optimal thing to do for the story the way it is is without that information is better for the story it's just it was just an interesting side issue that I. No, that I, I, I thought the same thing, and and then I sort of thought about it, and I thought about what that would entail. Yeah. Oh, uh, side. Another thing is, nobody ever brings up that the Borg are basically kidnap victims. Like, do they not know at this point? They must have because they kidnap well, Picard. They do. They do for sure. But also, like, there's no way of knowing if he was not. Maybe he was born in a Borg incubator, like those Borg babies. I guess, but it feels like if you look at Picard, you assume that they can be deprogrammed. So yeah, it's interesting and a little fast and loose, and and I don't think it really the whole assimilation and the existence of the previous memories. I don't think you really that really gets touched on hard till Voyager. Yeah, when they're in the Delta Quadrant. It's require what they need is energy. Arrange to feed it. Nice, sir. So, it's so jarring here, Picard. He was in. I'll have to adapt a power conduit and install it in there. If I didn't know better, I'd think he was scared. Uh, and then the fencing scene, I think, is uh, fucking terrific. <laughs> 
It's great. These are like every scene is really terrific in this episode. Yeah. Um, and I love throwing Guinan into this episode as an Elorian who lost, you know, almost everyone she knew to the Borg. Yes. Is that wise? I'm not sure. I hope so. I thought I understood you, Picard, but I don't understand this. It was an errand of mercy. He was injured. Dr. Crusher decided for humanitarian reasons to care for him. They're going to come after us. You know that. You of all people know that. Shall we go again? By the way, it appears that they're doing their own fencing here. Oh, really? I feel like I could see the uh, the stunt people. Uh, it looks like Whoopi in that uh, when they go to those tights like that. Oh no, is it? I can't tell. I can't tell if it's Patrick Stewart. Um, that looks like their hands. Um, huh. Now I've got my. Now I'm second guessing. That looks like Patrick Stewart's stunt double. Yeah, and that does look like Whoopi. I'm looking at Whoopi on mine. Yeah, I think it's I think it's not Patrick Stewart, but it is Whoopi. <laughs> I really can't tell. It's you know what? Funny. Way to go, fencing masks. What an excellent cover. But I love the... You uh, right? I love you that. Sorry I love for the me. gambit. Look what it got you. I love it when, when Guinan's a badass. I wish they had more opportunity to use her that way more. Uh, by the way, I I'd sort of had previously felt like, because I didn't like the extraneous characters in Star Trek uh, First Contact, uh, I wanted to I wanted to stay on them, the main characters, and I thought, why didn't they have Guinan in there? And having seen this episode, I'm like, oh, because they've already had all these conversations. Yes. Um, so this just would be a repeat. Um, they're kind of resolved at the end of the episode. Side note, the... Um, they have a cool space towel with one shiny side. That's how you know it's a future towel. <laughs> Those space towels are used frequently on the show. Are they? That's yeah. Funny. <laughs> uh, oh, here's here, I had a thought about uh, security in this in the future, Andy. Yes. Here's what I would do. Okay. Are you ready? All right. I would uh, beam. I would I would install this power conduit into the next cell and then beam him to that cell once it's installed. <laughs> so smart because they open the fucking thing when they're trying to get him from sending a homing beacon. Homing yeah. beacon, yeah. And also the other thing I would do is if uh, we don't have any other cells available, I would actually put him. I would be like Chief O'Brien. I would like you to take prisoner one seven three into the buffer and re-energize when I give the signal. Or you could just beam him into uh, Ensign Sutter's um, quarters from the last episode. It was uh, who, uh, an Troy was had, Troy was Troy was taking her meetings in there. <laughs> <laughs> Ensign Sutter, we're going to send the Borg in there. What? I'm, I'm sleeping. <laughs> hey, Tyler. Just look around, pal. You're hardly in a position to make any demands. We must return. To the collective. Who's we? We are Borg. Yeah, but there's only one of you. 
Do you have a name? A means of identification. Third of five. Then shouldn't she be seventh of nine? Oh. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Matt Myra. Who's here. right? Poking Here's holes. Another- <laughs> Here's another question. Um how does it I guess it I guess they're on different ships or in different departments, and so each each sort of department has however many people it has or how many borgs it has, and then you're the number in that unit. But how does that identify you in the general populace? It's probably like you think about, you know, a, 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 a filing system in a computer and you think uh-huh. about folders. I see. And like each folder has their group. You know what I mean? But don't they have occasion to? Well, I don't know. Maybe then they. But he doesn't say, I, you know, a third of third of five in, in the scout ship seven or whatever. Thank God. Uh, that would be clunky. It would be super clunky. Um, second, <laughs> second, I'm just saying that's a better organizational system. I don't know what you're doing, Borgs. Um, the other, the other thing I was going to ask is, uh, uh, it didn't occur to me until now that they were on a scout cube. So, yep. do we see small cubes at other points? I, we yeah. must, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't remember seeing. Like, it always seems like it's the giant cube to me. I believe. Don't you see them in bunch in Voyager? Maybe. Well, I'm sure spheres. I'm sure when they go through Borg space we must see a ton of them. Yeah, but. and then there's that Borg <gasps> that weird Borg ship Spoiler. we see in um in Descent part one and two. Uh. You know there the, you go. All right. You regulate the power flow to the frequency that you're used to. This connection should fit that coupling on your arm. You're welcome. Jordy, did you really think he was going to thank you? <laughs> Let's get out of here. This guy. Lower the force field. I like how uh, Dorn just backs up. Of course. Got to keep your eyes on this guy. As he's definitely sending a homing beacon to the other Borg. We should have killed you and left you at the crash site and made it look like an accident. That was my plan. <laughs> I don't want to make a big thing out of it, but that was the right thing to do. I would have killed you dead. When do I get to make the plans? <laughs> He's hungry, all right. Why do you do this? I'm just a nice guy at heart. You feeling better? You are not Borg. That's right. And I hope to stay that way. You will be assimilated. Resistance is futile gratitude for you. Jordy, it's not gonna thank you. <laughs> Poor Jordy really wants to be thanked by that thing. Um, Was that other security were... guard the one, I don't remember the episode, but the one that has the tracking shot on him where he's like, oh, and it's like he's holding his head and freaking out. That was the helmsman. Yeah, I know. Is this guy also the helmsman? I don't think so. All right. That guy died, Andy. That helmsman lost his life. <laughs> I just couldn't remember if he lost his life from that. I know how to do that is by giving him perceptual tests, and for that, I need his cooperation. So he can participate in the destruction of his entire species. Doctor. I know, I know. We're at war. 
I'm here to help, but I don't have to like it. Okay. I mean, impressive. there are other doctors. Fights the tide. There are other doctors on the ship, Picard. Have another one do this. <laughs> I mean, like, Beverly, 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 remove yourself best. from the situation. <laughs> I think we're ready to transport. If it gives us any trouble, we can access the force field through that console. You ready? The force is to transport to room three. We're ready here. We're standing by, Commander. Energize. This is Dr. Crusher. Dr. Crusher, this is third of five. Hello. What is a doctor? A doctor heals the sick and repairs the injured. The sick and injured are reabsorbed. Others take their place. That's true on Earth, too. Once they go in the <laughs> ground, they're absorbed. I don't that know what is, happened. This yeah, is nitpicky, ahead. but uh, wouldn't Hugh have a lot of this basic information that he's saying from from minimally from when um, uh, Picard was absorbed? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Also, like, he goes, what is a doctor? Why doesn't he just think that's her name, Dr. Crusher? It's true. Mm, look, let's not nitpick the greatness. Or um, let's, because that's what we do. I don't think it matters. I just heard a shift in the audio somehow, as though something changed. I did it. Okay. Very good. I'm hoping that that will actually be better for you. Uh, it does sound like more a little bit more spacious and open. Well, maybe then I'll leave it off. But, 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 oh, it was better. It felt like I was there. When I found you, you were dying. I saved your life. Why? It's my duty to help those who are hurt. You give us food. Yeah. Is that your duty? Yeah, that's right. Listen, third of five, Dr. Crusher here has repaired a lot of the damage to your biochip implants. We want to run a few tests, make sure everything's working okay. Tests. I'd like to show you a few diagrams and ask you some questions about them. It's very simple, really. You will be assimilated. Yes, but before that happens, could we ask you a few questions? (laughs) (laughs) We will answer. Terrific. All right, hang on just a second here, third of five. What is your designation? Designation? Lieutenant Commander. Third of five. You mean our names. We don't have designations. We have names. And designations. (laughs) But, you know, since we're trying to be weird about all of this. (laughs) I'm Beverly. This is Jordy. Do I have a name? Do you want one? A name. I'm Beverly. He's Jordy. And you? You. You. No, no, wait a minute. That's it. Hugh. What do you think? This is one you. of the only silly moments. No, not you. Hugh. That'll be upset to me. Hugh. Wait a minute. Okay. That's it. Now- <laughs> Wait, what did you just say? <laughs> you. <laughs> you only um, 
I also thought it was a little silly. I was like, do you want one? Yeah. Although I guess he would be. He's not an individual. So. Confused by that. Yeah. Yeah. That added up to me. Um, uh, FYI, uh, Whoopi Goldberg and uh, and Patrick Stewart both had stunt doubles. So I don't know how much they were used, but seems like probably all of it. And we're just—I'm just not good at identifying who's who. Seems to be giving him very complex visual information, like some kind of holographic imaging system. That could be helpful. Hugh, I'd like to take a closer look at your eyepiece. Is that okay? You want to know where I got Here. it? I can give you the link. Thanks. When you are assimilated, wait for a holiday. Assimil- there will be a promo code. <laughs> Is that you're lonely? Here. When you have completed these tests, what will be done with us? send you home we will rejoin the collective you know it's funny when I first started creating this invasive program I didn't have a problem with it the more I work with you the more Uh, Hugh that's what we call him you named the Borg well, it was easier having something to call him. Oh, so now you have a Borg named Hugh. Right, and he's nothing like what I expected. How so? I don't know. It's it's like he's just some kid who's far away from home. Do you know that you are the second person today to refer to that Borg as though it was some sort of lost child? Anyway, I'm having second thoughts about what we're doing here. I mean, programming him like some sort of walking bomb, sending him back to destroy the others. Let me tell you something. When that kid's big brothers come looking for him, they're not going to stop till they find him. And then they're going to come looking for us, and they will destroy us. And they will not do any of the soul searching that you are apparently doing right now. Then why don't you go and talk to him? It might not be so clear-cut then. Because I wouldn't have anything to say. <sighs> then why don't you just listen? That is what you do best, isn't it? Kind of wanted the Matt Airhorn at the end of that line. Uh, the, <laughs> that's what you <laughs> do what best. What you do best, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I wish I wish I had a air horn on here. I've got a foghorn. We'll have to go with a foghorn, everyone. <laughs> it's not quite the same. No, nope, not at all. <laughs> not <laughs> at all. Imagine if people were playing foghorns at sporting events. <laughs> when there were sporting events. What is your number one? Episode. We picked up a vessel in the long range scanners headed this way. Analysis. The vessel is traveling at warp 7.6. Mass, 2.5 million metric tons. Configuration, cubicle. 
they keep board. repeating the phrase. You've its dimensions a few indicate times. that it is a scout ship similar to the one that crashed. Interference from the star's radiation will shield us from their sensors. We should remain undetected until they enter the system. How long do we have? At present speed, they will arrive in 31 hours, 7 minutes. Uh-oh, Borg are coming. All right, Borg so, alert. <laughs> uh, let's play the guidance scene. I mean, every scene's worth hearing. Yeah. Aren't you going to tell me you have to assimilate me? You wish to be assimilated? No, but that's what you things do, isn't it? Resistance is futile. Resistance is futile. It isn't. My people resisted when the Borg came to assimilate us. Some of us survived. Resistance is not futile? No, but thanks to you, Resistance. There are very few of us left. We're scattered throughout the galaxy. We don't even have a home anymore. What you are saying is that you are lonely. What? You have no others. You have no home. We are also lonely. I mean... Such a good scene. I wish I had more to be like, other than like, that was executed perfectly. Next. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This is why... I don't know. She's... You know, I'm not going to knock out, you know... Uh, I guess Alfred would have, would have been her her place in it, in First Contact. Uh, but Whoopi well, Goldberg you're also would have been dealing so with so good in it. The Enterprise E, not the luxury cruiser that the Enterprise D was. Oh, it doesn't have as many civilians. Not a lot of civilian crew. Um, there is a ten forward, but it's not like it's not like there are children on board anymore. So you're saying Whoopi wouldn't have taken, or uh, Guinan wouldn't have taken the the step down of uh, Ten Ford being. I'm uh, saying that that post. I, I can't. I can't run a bar like this. Look, there's barely any space. <laughs> uh, I think the post was not uh, was not filled. I think that they didn't need. Uh... And I understand that in First Contact, the purpose of Alfred Woodard is kind of a new person to explain everything that's happened to, as you're explaining to the mainstream audience. Um. It's just a shame because she's so good in this one and it tackles a lot of the same stuff. Yeah, well, then why would you want it rehashed? I know. <laughs> I, it's, my, I, my point is not logical. I guess I'm just saying this is what I was missing from First Contact. <laughs> I see. Is that done easier? <sighs> Maybe it is. It's just not what we do. Why? All right. Think of it this way. Every time you talk about yourself, you use the word we. We want this. We want that. You don't even know how to think of yourself as a single individual. You don't say, I want this or I am you. We 
are all separate individuals. I am Jordy. I choose what I want to do with my life. I make decisions for myself. For somebody like me, losing that sense of individuality is almost worse than dying. When you sleep, there are no other voices in your mind. No. Are you ever lonely? Sometimes. But that's why we have friends. Friends? Sure. Someone you can talk to who will be with you when you're lonely. Someone... Someone who makes you feel better. Like Jordy. And Hugh. That's it, Captain. Looks harmless he enough. He wants to be my oh, yeah. friend, so can I be friends <laughs> with him, Captain? <laughs> uh, these charts illustrate how big our friendship is. <laughs> Look, it could be impossible for a computer to even understand how great our friendship could be. <laughs> <sighs> Better disguise it as something innocuous. The Borg have ways of screening out program anomalies. How can a geometric form disable a computer system? The shape is a paradox, sir. And it cannot exist in real time or space. When Hugh's imaging apparatus imprints this on his biochips, he'll try to analyze it. He will be unsuccessful and will store the shape in his memory banks. It will be shunted to a subroutine for further analysis. And when the Borg download his memory, it'll be incorporated into their network, then they'll try to analyze it. It is designed so that each step they take will spawn an anomalous solution. The anomalies are designed to interact with each other, linking together to form an endless and unsolvable puzzle. Quite original. Sounds like my life. How long for a total systems <laughs> failure? Not. And he needs a girlfriend. Until the shape has gone through several hundred computational cycles. When can you begin the process? About another 20 hours. Dr. Crusher wants to make sure that the new implants have taken hold. Very well. Begin as soon as you're ready. Captain. I have to admit, I've been having second thoughts about this plan. In what way? Well, I've been getting to know him. The Borg. I see. He's not what I expected, Captain. He's got feelings. He's homesick. I don't know. It, it just doesn't seem right using him this way. Centuries ago, when laboratory animals were used for experiments, scientists would sometimes become attached to the creatures. This would be a problem if the experiment involved killing them. What, 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 what experiment also, is that, by the way? It's also a real weird stance for him to take on that past practice. In a, in a world where they're, they're basically all vegans, aren't they? Uh... It, it, it's it's uh interesting also like what experiment is that like we need to see if this will kill a hu an animal so let's i don't understand i guess that's no, what i'm saying uh, is i don't understand uh, sure the general idea i think is the you know you're killing animals in the on the path to making things for humans right but yeah. uh either way, i would suggest that you it's weird that that's his go-to argument here <laughs> totally totally Attach yourself from the Borg, Miss LaForge. Aye, sir. Classic Geordie 
talking after somebody's walked away. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of chest hair on these shows. I would argue I have chest hair. Please come in. Are you sure you not afraid of a Looks like you're preparing for a quiet guy. evening. No, I'm delighted to see you. Can I get you something to drink? No, thank you. Popcorn? I was thinking how you said the other day Buy that my candy. foil was I dying. can make candy. Computer, Fresh. make candy. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like Smalls? a lollipop? Would you like a lollipop? Or perhaps some sugar? <laughs> Uh, all right, here we go. This is a great scene, also. So many fucking good scenes in this episode. Get some exercise and strengthen my arm. Well, a strong forearm is certainly an advantage in fencing. And bartending. About the Borg. Aren't you the least bit surprised by him? Surprised? You know he has a name? The Forge gave it to him. His name is Hugh, and he's lonely. I don't know what Somebody made me go see knocking him. Picard's the door. Forge said I should, but I said no. <laughs> or building a house next door. And suddenly whatever. there I was, standing there, staring at him. I thought it was just curiosity. Just curious. I need to hear you say that you are sure you're doing the right thing. If you're here to persuade me not to use the invasive program. No, I think I need you to persuade me. Two days ago, you were so upset about the Borg even being on the ship that you tore my foil out of my hand. And now you're here questioning whether it should be treated as the enemy. No, but when you talk to him face to face, can you honestly say you don't have any doubt? I haven't talked to it. Why not? I saw no need. If you're going to use this person... It's not a person, damn it, it's a Borg! If you are going to use this person to destroy his race, you should at least look him in the eye once before you do it. Because I am not sure he is still a Borg. Because it's been given a name by a member of my crew doesn't mean it's not a Borg. Because it's young doesn't mean that it's innocent. It is what it is. In spite of efforts to turn it into some kind of pet, I will not alter my plans. Fine. But if you don't talk to him at least once, you may find that decision a lot harder to live with than you realize. So good. I mean, look. It's, it's, it's... Such a beautifully organic scene between two characters we know. We understand where they're both coming from. You know, Guinan of all people coming in to tell him this. It's the only person he's going to listen to to go see them. Um, and and she goes she goes toe to toe with them. Just such a great performance from from Whoopi Goldberg. It's just so good, so well written. Uh, I think Man. this is really. Performance-wise, top to bottom, I think one of the better episodes. And every scene is like a, a face-off with two people with strong, legitimate points of view, played really, really well. It's just yeah. really great. And then 
here we go. Here's. I mean, could it use a child actor in there, kind of, you know, to mix it up, kind of like, <laughs> what do the kids on the ship think about you? you what know? does Alexander sure. think? What does, <laughs> what does the, what would Hugh make out of uh, Clay? <laughs> Warp to Captain Picard. Yes, Lieutenant. We are ready to transport. Why aren't they afraid of him sending the home and beacon Proceed. now? Do they put the shield up around the... I think the dampening field is around the ship, or yeah. maybe yeah, you're right. Or also they know that the cube's on the way anyway. You know what or I mean? Or maybe they've... Maybe they've disconnected it? I don't know. Who knows? Lieutenant, you may wait outside. What? Uh, Can't I kill him? I was gonna punch something. Locutus. Thank God he's outside. Now I must tell you, I'm really Locutus. I'm not Captain Picard. I had to send him away, (laughs) otherwise he'd shoot me. Yes. I've been play acting for years. (laughs) I am Locutus of Borg. This is a masterstroke. By the way, I wish Worf burst back in. I heard that! <laughs> Shoot, <laughs> Shoot <laughs> I heard him say it. Why are you here? This is a primitive culture. I am here to facilitate its incorporation. Identify yourself. Hugh. Identify yourself. We are Hugh. This is not a Borg identification. Third of five. This culture will be assimilated. They do not wish it. Irrelevant. They will resist us. Resistance is futile. Resistance is not futile. Some have escaped. They will be found. It is inevitable. All will be assimilated. Must Jordy be assimilated? Yes. Especially Jordy. Does not wish it. <laughs> he would rather die than be assimilated. What if we then assimilated will these fish instead? <laughs> Could we do that? <laughs> no. Jordy must not die. Jordy is a friend. You will assist us to assimilate this vessel. You are Borg. You will assist us. I will not. What did you say? I will not assist you I Jordy must not be assimilated but you are Borg no I am Hugh wowzers 
not to um, just so, so good, such a ma- such a smart, smart thing to 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 do the locutus move and to save it for the end of the show that he's the last person that the last sort of domino to fall, um, Picard. And uh, um, on another note, the um, uh, to not to not to dip into spoilers, but uh, it's another person. You got the data stuff in Picard. And you wish Jordy was there. You also got the Hugh stuff in Picard, and you wish Jordy was there. <laughs> yeah, it should have been the Jordy show. Right. To destroy. So, I want other options. We could return him to the crash site. We'd have to remove his memory of having been on the Enterprise. But if we erase his memory, Jordy's friendship is. will disappear. <laughs> so, who he has become would be destroyed. Listen at the point. Be reassimilated back into the hive without any questions. Does that seem right to help him become an individual and then take that away from him? Is there any danger that the Borg might destroy him if they find out what's happened? I doubt it. There'd be nothing to gain. It's more likely that they would simply wipe out his memory of those experiences. Then either way, his memory would have been erased. So but what perhaps are we talking about? In that short so time, we should just should we do nothing and like go to our next mission? I am before they purge his memory. <laughs> sense of individuality which he has gained with us might be transmitted through the entire Borg collective. Every one of the Borg being given the opportunity to experience the feeling of of singularity. And perhaps that's the most pernicious program of all. He's got a little glimmer in his eye. Now, the knowledge of self being sp- There's a uh... There's an aspect of like, it feels to me like I, I wanted one more piece of the logic. I love the logic of, well, maybe he'll infect them with his, his individuality. I just would have wanted one more piece where a thought of making it technically probable that that would happen as opposed to just him being incorporated in the collective. Because it seems like they probably, you know, they've had millions of people that were individuals be absorbed into the collective that didn't infect anyone. So I understand you're saying this is a Borg that's yeah individual. I just want to like one more line that was like maybe adjusting the virus to do this instead. Well, this is the sort of moral outcome here. This is the beauty of this episode, I think, is that they are going with not sending him back with the killer virus, but just hoping that this humanity that he's grabbed, that he's learned from after already being a Borg, this, this will uh, organically find its way into the collective consciousness. It's kind of like not... I, I, I love it because there's like no... It's like the perfect Star Trek solution for me. How do you mean? To the moral quandary. How so? They don't, you know, at the top of the episode, Crusher's like, we can't just send him back to kill everybody. That's not what we do. We don't wipe out entire races. Picard's like, yes, normally you're right, but this exists as one collective. We have to do it because the Borg will never change. Right. And and he says that line at at the beginning in the conference room. He says, until that changes, blah, blah, blah. So Hugh becoming an individual and learning individuality is that change 
that Picard was talking about in that earlier scene. And this solution here, I think, is like the perfect moral solution for Starfleet and for Picard, which is to send this Borg back, not with malicious data, or what they feel like is malicious data, but with the sense of individuality that they're not hoping the collective takes it and dies. They're hoping the collective takes it, becomes individuals, and stops being like the Borg. For sure. Oh, yeah. No, in terms of the, the, the structure of it and this being the, the general shape of the solution, I think it's genius. Just absolutely genius. I totally agree. I was only saying it seems like it's not enough of an expectation that it would alter the entire fabric of who the Borg are just by sending him back. It just yeah. felt like you would, might want to lean on it a little bit more that, like, we're going to do this technical thing that might but, spread his individuality. You know, I wouldn't want to do that if I was writing a series. Because I'd want to You mean I want to use the Borg again. I don't want to just dismiss the Borg outright. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like that's why this solution is I think just so perfect from all angles, from a writing angle, from a Star Trek angle, from a Picard angle, from the ship's angle. But don't they kind of I know this because I've watched uh Hey, a later spoilers, episode. bro. Don't. I'm not going to cut more stuff out. All right. Pretend you haven't seen anything. <laughs> All right. You're you're making an argument that I have a response to, but I'll leave it alone. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, okay. No, it All doesn't right. matter. We let's move on. You're right. No, hang let's on. A little on. spoiler alert for the next minute and a no, half. No, no, no. It doesn't, it doesn't. I want to hear your explanation. Okay. Uh, spoiler! Spoiler for the next minute. Um, in the episode where you see the reaction, yeah. like you know, Hugh has a reaction to them, and yeah. it's just sort of localized. So they could have done that even with a few more lines of an organic explanation. Meaning, of, we will send him back, but it will only affect a small number of Borg. No, I guess I'm saying the, they didn't even have that that r- reduction, and they still just chose that that was the effect it had i guess i'm saying why not a line or two that was like we're gonna adjust the virus so it's not gonna destroy all them it's but i just don't gonna do think you want thing. you don't want you don't want them you don't want your starfleet at least i don't as a star trek fan i don't want my starfleet sending viruses into cultures you know what you're I mean? saying just on a moral basis yes it it's better to just say we did what we could to help him yes and if it, that has enough yeah that's fair that's what I that's what I want my Star Trek to do that's why that's I love this solution so much I don't fair. want it to be more of a pointed well if we incorporate this part of his program with the individuality that will cycle into the system I'd rather it be like perhaps he can teach those Borg to fish fair spoiler over the knowledge of self being spread throughout the collective in that brief moment might alter them forever. Leave his memory intact. I have a question. What if he doesn't want to go back? Buzzkill, Beverly. Beverly, I'm sorry. Are you in the no chair? Because it seems like you're always in the no chair. A little positivity. <laughs> Livingston. Livingston. Little cameo by Livingston. Hello, Hugh. 
Hello, Jordy. Hugh, a Borg rescue vessel is approaching. It'll be here within three hours. We can return you to the crash site, where they will find you, and then take you home. Or, if you wish, you can stay here with us. What I wish is irrelevant. It's not irrelevant, Hugh. It matters to us. No Borg leaves the Collective. If they find I am missing, they will come for me. Well, we'll deal with the repercussions later. We must know what you want. You are many. I am one. What I want is not important. Don't you understand, Hugh? We're giving you a choice. Choice? Yes, a choice. Do you want to go back with the Borg? Or stay with us? I could stay with you? We could grant you asylum, Hugh. Choose what I want. I gotta look out a window to think about this. I would choose to stay with Jordy. Uh, well, Hugh, I think you got the wrong idea here. Uh, I meant on the <laughs> ship. I just, I mean, I dig machines. Don't get me wrong, but uh, there's a little too much flesh going on with you. Um, is out of focus in this one. You can tell because the parts on his helmet are in focus, but his uh, eyes are out of focus. I think they get even more out of focus in a second. Well, they were, it was set for the uh, turn to the window. Yeah, and then he overstepped his mark. I decided. Bad rack. Bad rack. Focus. They will follow. Return me to the crash site. There it is. Yeah, then they found it. It is the only way. Oh, they lost it again. Hugh. <laughs> Think about this. Are you sure? Yes. ship will enter orbit in one hour. You'll soon be headed home. So we're going to beam you to the cold place for an hour. <laughs> we'll beam him down and then we'll take up a position in the star's chromosphere. The interference will hide us from their sensors. But we'll wear masks just in case. Goodbye, Hugh. It was nice getting to know you. Goodbye, Beverly. You saved my life. Hugh, it's not too late to change your mind. Next day, Jordy. <laughs> I must return. Captain, I'd like to go down with him. My experience suggests that they would ignore him. Would you agree? The Borg assimilates civilizations, not individuals. But, Captain, they kidnapped you. Because they needed a liaison to communicate with humans, they ignored every awaiting we sent to their ship, including yours, Doctor. You may accompany him. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was there. Uh, and then at the, he beams down. Hang on, let's pull this in. Hold us here. Status of the Borg ship: Solar radiation is rendering our sensors inoperable. At last known course and speed, the Borg vessel should enter the system in three minutes. Well, I guess this is it. Huh? So long, you. Jordy, I will try to remember you. But I'll probably 
remember Captain Picard. He's the star of the show. And he plays a dual role. He was also the Q-Tip. You are just Geordi, son of LaForge. By the way, this is, I understand why it's this way. This is also a weird decision for, for Picard to make without contacting Starfleet. Seems like giant decisions he's making. Well, he's but, the captain uh, of the flagship. He, he sure is. He does the, he has sheer fucking hubris, that Picard. Oh, but yeah. Little, little quick glance from uh, Hugh at the end there. Yeah. Although he's not, he looks back out. Let's go back to the wide shot. Look, it is what it is, Andy. It is what it is. Uh, yeah. Well, that was I Borg, everyone. So good. Um, what a what a freaking performance by Jonathan Del Arco in a fucking guest role. And covered in uh, so much bullshit. Yeah. And the pre-established well, Borg the... characters. Because he's playing a Borg, but he also has to play all this emotion and, like, learning underneath. It's really good. And he's only got one eye. One eye. And he got all his stuff. And he only got one hand he can act with. And then he's only got all the, he's got all those tubes that are in focus, but his face isn't. Not to mention the white makeup. Uh, that hides your expressions. Um, I'm going to say it's Beverly. Whoa. I never thought that was happening. In my entire Beverly is life. the one that turns. He, she's the first one. She's on the right side the whole time. She kind of subtly turns the tide on Jordy. Jordy turns the tide on Guinan. Guided towards the tide on uh, Picard. What I like so much about it is I'm immediately like Beverly. This is your. This is dumb. Right. Beverly, stop being dumb. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and as the episode goes on, it's like no, no, guys. Remember where we are. This is this is Star Trek, and this is this is what we do as as the future of humanity. And uh, I genuinely loved it. And I, 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 you make sense. She's the chain reaction that sets off the entire thing. Oh my God, Beverly Crusher, crushing it. Season five. (laughs) I can't believe we're doing that, but it's happening. All right. Uh, Who else would be? Here we go. Talk with the podcast isn't over just yet. How many Andy's does this episode get? Uh, Uh, it's yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I don't know. You can go first. I don't know. It's just such a good episode from top to bottom. The act is everything I've said. The acting, the the writing, the 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 story structure. It's not a fast paced, action packed episode, but it's so, um, it's so much forward emotional momentum. It's just like a series of great interactions. Um, so I'm kind of. I don't know. I'm kind of going to pull back from a 10 only because I, I know some of the 10s that I've already given and they were so mind-blowing that I'm just I'm just holding back from that. But it really is a near-perfect episode. But I'm going to give it a 9.5. Uh, you know, just in, in watching and going through this in the podcast, there's no there's no superflu- superfluous scene in this episode. There is yeah. uh, Every scene is there for a reason and every scene exists to further the overall arc and that is just fucking great television and 
because of that and the moral and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going 10, Andy. He's giving it a 10. 10, Andy's, look out. <laughs> really upsetting <laughs> um all right so that does it for iborg let us look now to the future to next week when we'll be watching i believe the next phase is that correct andy i believe so which is another of my favorite episodes of uh tng uh and and let's pull up the trailer andy and we'll okay. watch together Do you need me to send you the link, or do you have it? Uh, I can look it up. Oops. Really tapping loudly. He's looking it up. He's looking it up. Andy Seconda is looking it up. Looking up the trailer so we can watch. Here we got it. Okay. Uh, let's hit uh, hit play. Hang on in three, two. One play. On a devastated ship. Enterprise, extend shields. Two lives vanish into thin air. Where are they? Leaving only one tragic conclusion. They're dead, Jordy. They're caught in a ghostly limbo. It's like I'm here, but I'm not here. Faced with a threat from beyond the grave. Do not move. Row! Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. What a weird way to trailer that episode. Anyway, oh, yeah. it's an Ensign Row episode, Andy's happy. Nice row-heavy episode. Secunda's <laughs> on board. Secunda's on board. Uh, Andy, it's time for you and I to do our duty to our patrons. Did you get my email? Oh, let me look. I've sent you our wonderful list of names. I'm going to ha- turn oh, us smart. around, head us back into the president's uh, circle. The Hollow DJ has returned, but he's playing Deeply Dippy by Right Said Fred. What a weirdo. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we to pick a different one when we run out of that. <laughs> we'll never run out of Deeply Dippy. <laughs> what a Jesus weirdo. Christ. <laughs> All right. It's time to say hello and a shout out to everybody. Andy, why don't we trade off every other page? I'll start, shall we? Very good. All right. Big old thank you to the following patrons. Amber Schmidt, Anders Peterson, Anthony Dakin, Chris Dibel, Christopher Fonagy, Adrian Bing Clark's original Pennybottom, Derek Atkinson, a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand, Andy Puckett, Aaron, Adam and JP, Adam Dodge, Adam Hotz, or Hotz, Adam Rogers, Adam Sullins, Adrian Carter, Al Beck, Elena, Alan L, Alex Carico, uh, Alex D. Geslin, Alex Edson, Alex Kubrick, Alexander Perry, Alex Borsier, Amanda Bootwell, Amanda Murphy, and Amy Gibbs. Ooh, I wonder if Alex Kubrick is related to Stanley Kubrick. If you are, please write in. 
Lieutenant Amy Giles, Lieutenant Amy Pointer, uh, Andrew Ingram, Andrew McClure, Andrew Michael Barber the First, Andrew Nicewander, uh, Andrew Polkrang, Andrew Witzel, Andrew Womer, Womer, Andrew Wyman. A lot of Andrews. God bless you, my my Andrew brothers. Uh, Anthony Rideout. Anthony Trepicione. Trepicione? You've given it to me before. That's close to get. Anthony Wardinger. Asher Mercer. Uh, Mercer. Um, assistant to the regional president, Ray Ching Peng. Lieutenant Barry Wallace. Lieutenant Ben Roach. Lieutenant so- Ben Sautel. Lieutenant Beth Clark. Big mother trucker, Matthew Wypert. Bob Blair. Brayden Hayden Ellie, Brandon Davis. Thank you to Brandon Callender. Thank you to Brett Jar- Jarrett. Thank you, Brett Euler. Th- thank you, Brett Parsons. Brian Deemer. Thank you, Lieutenant Brian Harkins. Uh, Lieutenant Brian Hellman. Lieutenant Brian McDonald. Brian Pierce. That's all for that page. <laughs> Brian, I'm sorry, I was just so mesmerized by Right Said Fred. Brian Stromitz. Brian Adams. Brian Raywinkle. CD. CC Sadler. Kately M. Captain Slog. Lieutenant Captain Slog. Carmen DeHoog. Carolyn Land. Carolyn McNamara. Cashmere Woods. Catface. Catherine Gart, uh, G- Gartner. Uh, Cedron Law. Uh, or Cedron. Chad Fate, Chad and Yarborough, Chad Wavel Jimenez Dax, Chris Allen, Chris Casimoro, Chris DQ, Chris Love, Chris Nedgwitz, Chris Yates, Christopher Bateman, Christopher Colbert, Christopher Friend, Christopher Mitz, Christopher P. Gill, Chuck Credo, Chuck Day, Claire Powells, and Claudia. Cody Wappenkamp, Colin McKeon, uh, Colm Hayes. Command Master Chief Robert Garrison, Commodore Ice Bank Mice Elf, uh, Corey Culbert, Lieutenant Commander Cosmo Moore, CPO Ernesto the Chief Castagna, uh, Dak Pate, Dan Billing, Dan Hornberger, Dan Costellic, uh, Dan. <laughs> A little new kids on there, huh? <laughs> uh, Dan McLeod, Dan Stokes, Daniel Fashing. Daniel Perez, Lieutenant Daniel Permit. Thank you to Daniel Stenrud. Thank you to Daniel Tucker. Thank you to Darren Gleaton, Darren Deshong, Daryl the Animal Noy. Thank you, Dave Howe, Lieutenant David, Lieutenant David Joseph Moody, Lieutenant David Kay, Lieutenant David Marquez, Lieutenant David Pinson. Uh, with an upside down E. How do you say the upside down E, man? You did it right. Uh, David Sainins. <laughs> if you write something phonetically, not only will Andy try to pronounce it phonetically, <laughs> he'll then say how you did it phonetically in your parenthetical. <laughs> I love to find out things. David Veenstra. David Veenstra. Denise Kupferschmidt. I love it. Derek Hawkins. Derek Knighton. Derek Westover. In case you're wondering what this is, everyone, this is the number one songs in the UK starting in 1990. Dylan Ekmalin, Doug Mai, Dim, Ed Mundy, Edward Andres Acevedo, Edward O'Hare, L. Shuffle Colorado, Elizabeth Brandt, Elizabeth Simpson, Elizabeth Story, Emily Eldred, Eric B., Eric Rumfeld, Eric Vanover, Eric Carlson, Eric Mon, Aaron N., Everett Burgess, Foreign Gays, Jews. Interesting. Uh, Feldy Frank the Cat Fred Coppersmith 
Frederick Bellu, Frederick Rombouts, Frederick Roa, Galactic President Andrew Reeves, Lieutenant. Uh, Gareth Case, Gary Martinez, and Jerry Canavan. Killian Little, Glenn Wakeley, Lieutenant Grant McGuire, Greg Lada. Thank you to Gwyneth Gwethelyn Williams. Thank you to Hampus Theander. Uh, thank you to Heather Nelson. Thank you to Lieutenant Hoot and Waddle, Hubert Arutia, uh, Hayden, Hiss. Ooh, I wonder if that's Sir Hiss from Robin Hood. Uh, Lieutenant Ian Warner, Lieutenant J.D. Cohen, Lieutenant Jack Cavici, Lieutenant Jacob Gosfield. Thank you to James Baker. There's James Carrier in the corner. There's James Minero. Over there uh, at the bar is James McLaughlin. Uh, James Tuttle. Thank you to Jan Leppert. Janella Robbins. Thank you, Lieutenant Jason, Lieutenant Jason Brown, Lieutenant Jason Kaiser, Lieutenant Jason Sinclair, Lieutenant J, another Lieutenant J, Lieutenant J from ScienceDivision.com, the Triple People, Lieutenant J Wheeler, the Lieutenant Jason Werand, and Lieutenant Judge 439. <laughs> uh, boy, you are very weird, the UK. <laughs> This is Kylie Minogue covering Tears on My Pillow, number one at some point in the 90s. Crazy. Wild. They were they were huge Greece. They, they were obsessed with Greece, the English. Sure. Uh, That's the truth. I think I remember going over there and I see we were seeing some very drunk, what I considered college-age people, just singing their hearts out to, to the Greece soundtrack. Weird. Uh, Jeff Caramaza, Jeff Jenkins, Jeff Millies, Jeff Mullins, Jeff the Human, and Maximus the Dog, Jeffrey Barker, Jeffrey Child, Jennifer Leader, Jeremy Dudley, Jeremy Miller, Jeremy, I'm sorry, Jesse Elliott, Jesse Glassby, Jesse Hendricks, Jesse Tushinsky, Jillian Randles, Jiminy Jillikers, JJ Carter, Joe Fermanek, Joe Moore, Joe Moran, aka Muscles Ripley, Joe Sullivan, Joel Greenbow, Joey G. Uh, or Joey G, uh, John Brieg, John King, John Lynn, John Turin, John Zaitz, John G, Jonah Brulette, Jonathan Anderson, Jonathan Bergen, Jonathan Bruno, Jonathan Feller, Jonathan Sourshell, Lieutenant Jonathan Wentz, Lieutenant Jonathan Meisner, Lieutenant Jonathan, sorry, Lieutenant Jordan Bulges, Lieutenant Josh Moore, Lieutenant Joyce Hudson, Lieutenant Juan Morales. Thank you to Judith Haynes. Thank you to Julie Phillips. Thank you, Julio. Thank you, Just There for the Buffet. I hope you enjoy Just There for the Buffet. Lieutenant K. Brooks. Lieutenant Katie Campbell. Lieutenant Cam Uraki. Uh, or Uraki. Lieutenant Karen Vanoff. Lieutenant Cassia. Uh, Lieutenant Catherine. Lieutenant Catherine Novacek. Uh, Catherine Shimmons. Thank you, Kathleen Guzman. Thanks to Katie Whitestone. Thank you to Katya Wulishin. Uh, thank you to Kvart on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you to uh, Keith Bodela. Thank you to Kellen Adamson. Thank you to Kelly Coe. Thank you to Kelly Newman. Thank you to Kelly Sweeney, Kendra Song, Kenny Meehan. Wow. Carrick Jones, Kevin Brown, Kevin Foley, Kevin32, Kieran O'Sullivan, Kim Vilsack, Kip Corbett, Cody Stanley. Kristen Scalisi, the goddess of carbs, Kyle Thompson, Lady Charlie Whitmore, Lance Daniel Hepper, Lauren Hansen, Laura 
McCarriker. I did it, everybody. Lauren Glees and the Donkey of Prey. Leon Kassab. Lee Chapman. Linda Dilbeck. Linnea Thunsel. Lisa. Lisa Simpson. Lissy D. Lorraine Denman. Lucas Bishop. Lucas Swain. Luke Barrett. Luke Morgan Rowe. Linda Bray. Mandy Fitzgerald. Marcello Vita. Marcus er- Erlinson and Marie Capasso. Mark Iseri. Uh, Mark Mitchell. Mark Redenis. Sorry, Mark Redenius. That's a great name, Mark. Mm. Martin Hedegaard Peterson. Lieutenant Matt Burke. Lieutenant Matt Fader. Lieutenant Matt Schaefer. Lieutenant Matthew Cutler. Lieutenant Matthew Dillon. Lieutenant Matthew Dunn. Lieutenant Matthew L. Went. Matthew L. Went. Lieutenant Matthew M. Columbus. Lieutenant, a lot of Matts, a lot of Andrews following us. Uh, Lieutenant Matthew Wright. Lieutenant Michael Collins. Michael John. Michael Rossi. Michael Shade. Shade? Another one. Lieutenant Microwave Beef. <laughs> Mike Gaylord. Mike Jones. Lieutenant Commander Mike Mann. Lieutenant Mike Webster. Mikey Melton. Miriam Centeno. Mr. Bundy. Nate Hudson, Nathan Haney, Neil Studd, uh, Nelson Helwig, Nick, Nick G, another Nick G. Uh, Nick Lenchmer, Noah Soudrit, Peter Davidson, Pat E, Patrick, Patrick Hells, Lieutenant Commander Paul Brisk, the artist of the day, Uh, Paul Carley, Paul Magnus, Calabro, Paul Rebenwitz, Rabonowitz, yes, Paul Sharp, Peter Ballard, Peter Sheeran, Phil Galaz, oh, hang on, Geyser, I believe, Philip, Philip, Philip Kultas, Philip Gerst, Power to the Meeple, Lieutenant President Prester Foster, Rachel Dylan Snyder, Raymond, Rebecca Shavita, uh, Ren Hart, Richard Craig, Richard Davis, Richard Jackson, Richard Phillips, Risa Kotchuk, Bob, Bob Baptiste, Rob Sabin, Robin Trevino, president of the Interrupted Tales podcast. And we got over there Robert Denton, Robert Myers, Robert Olson, Roberto, Robin Larson, Ron LeBlanc, Ron Veenstra, Rose Harless, Ross McLeod expects Rutger Hauer, but instead gets Rutger Hauer. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. <laughs> He's playing on the next name he knows is going to be uh, red. Um, uh, Ryan, not a doctor, Doom. Um, Ryan Hansen. Ryan Solo, Sam Pass, Sam Birdsis of of Praises Child, uh, Sandel Tremel, Lieutenant Sandra M, Lieutenant Sante Mastriana, uh, Lieutenant Sarah Friedman, Lieutenant Sarah Stefanzis, Scott Burnett, Scott Goiki, Goki, uh, Lieutenant Scott Randalls, uh, over there is Scott Lieberman. Uh, enjoying the, the homemade chips. Scouter Echo of the 5th Kitchener Beavers Colony. Lieutenant Sean is enjoying the uh, fresh sourdough pancakes. Seth J. Bordeaux. Sean Lyon. Simon Harper. Shriekenar. Stephen Herman. Steve, Stephanie Garrity. Uh, Stephanie Simmons. Stephen McCave, uh, McVire. Stephen Price. Stephen White. Uh, I'm going to go with Stephanie Dyerson. 
Steve Harcourt, Steve Ha, Steve Thomas, Stephen Coulter, Stephen Small, Stevie Marie Nickel, uh, Supercalifragilisticus, Takanui, Tanner Wilson, Tara Hunter, Ta- Teddy Jordan, The Great and Terrible Lizak, The Campbells, The Dude Never Bowls, Theodora Zetazello, hang on. <laughs> Zatezalo? Zatezalo, that's what I'll say. The real right. God, the real Ryle Star. Thank you. Thesis Mandy speaking JK is Matthew. Uh, Thomas Nettleton, Thomas Pring, Tim Collins, Tim Siebel, Tim Shields, Timothy Cullen, Tina Rowdio, Tish Wheeler, Todd Meyer, and Tom Bondurant. Tom Kelsell, Tom Wellner, no relation to RoboCop. Tony, Tony King, Lieutenant Trek Barnes, Lieutenant Trenton Hoyt. Over there is Trevor Kozdrowski, Troy Ray, Tyler Rosewood. Thank you, Tyson Klein. Thank you, Van Phelan. What's going to come up next? Who knows? Uh, what was the previous one? What? Matt, what was the previous song? Oh, that was fucking... It was called Ebenezer Goon? <laughs> well, Spice Girls, that's global. I get the Spice Girls. <laughs> Lieutenant Vanilla Thunder. Lieutenant Veronica Wisely. Um, <laughs> sorry about misspeaking your uh, your hail there, Veronica. Um, Wabash Kozak. Wesley Crushing That Ass. Lieutenant Whiskey Ben 77. Who needs a girlfriend and be a does? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Smart. Uh, Will Davis, Will Hoseclaw, William, William Smith, William Timmon, Winston Stauffer, Yeeping or Yiping, um, Zach McCullough, and Zach Crumb. And that's it. Wow. So many of you have joined us, and thank you for continuing to support the podcast. You guys are fully appreciated. Let me. Let me just uh, lower the UK's interesting music tastes. I don't know if you have a, a treat for them. Did you think to, to come Ebenezer up with a treat for them? Ebenezer Goon. What the fuck was that? <laughs> it was a weird video, too. Uh, whatever. I'll have to check it out. I don't know uh, that did, I've learned anything about myself through this, but... Did you have a, did you have a treat for them? Because I just wanted to read them uh, with all of our mispronunciations. I wanted to read them uh, a hail from the, uh, from the Enterprise hail bag that I thought was amusing. Oh, go ahead. Uh, it was from Eric, Lieutenant Erica Vinaver. Uh, hang on, hang on, before you do that. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, in that episode, I think I read a hail from Erica. <laughs> and I said something uh, in regards to uh, Quantum Leap. I think it was about that uh, she said he should have named his dog uh, AI. And in my head, I was Al. like, that's oh weird. Oh, my God. Al. <laughs> she said, Andy, LOL, not AI, Al. That's in Dean Will Stockwell's character. Oh, like, what an idiot I am. Of course it's Al. Why would Sam Beckett have named his dog AI? I thought it was like, this must be some deep cut technical thing. I mean, I, I <laughs> from, was from in my head. Leap that I've forgotten. In my head, I was like, well, Ziggy, isn't Ziggy the AI? 
Yes, we both missed it. And I was like, oh, so maybe fairness. instead of naming it Ziggy, you just, I don't know. Uh, but boy, Al would be such a better name for that dog than AI, okay? Uh, great. Uh, what do you think, Al? I don't know how we're going to get out of this, Al. <laughs> oh, boy, Al. Al, you're telling me that I have to befriend a Vulcan? <laughs> Uh, that does it, everyone. Thank you again for participating and being awesome and continuing to enjoy the show. Uh, tune in next week for the next phase. And if you're in the president's circle, we'll see you for Voyager. Everybody stay safe. Uh, yes, unless you're a Borg. Yeah. Oh, Matt, that speciesism. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, uh, unless you're a Borg with individuality. Matt, you just got to go down and talk to him. Disengage. Follow Star Trek The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone. It's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the